gentlemen welcome to another episode of beyond the blade episode 97 we are back after a week off after the lost episode of what we'll call it uh i still want to talk about don't want to talk about some a little bit bitter but i am back or he's back mr bill shockey from his seventh vacation of the year <laughs> bill welcome back we missed you <laughs> thanks Chad. good to be back to be honest it was only two but uh <laughs> And I know it's felt like we've had, I had a wedding in, in Florida in November, and then I had birthday for my son, so we went to Florida in March, and then my parents had a timeshare, so we went down to Myrtle Beach a couple weeks ago now, so it, it has seemed like quite a few trips in a, in a short span. It's been nice. You know, again, in like, what, like another three weeks, you have another one coming up here? Is that what the deal is? Not this time. <laughs> Uh, but we should, there's a little bit of news in case you missed it. Uh, if you didn't see it, it's no longer just Bill and I, we have a full-time third person joining the crew here because Bill and I agree on a lot of stuff and we're like, we got to get somebody in here to mix things up. So of course we pick somebody else who sees the game exactly like we do. (laughs) And Anthony, Chandra, Anthony, our new third wheel, man. It's good. Uh, it'll be good to kind of have you here full-time. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I look forward to adding to the yes man trifecta. Uh, <laughs> the blade. Um, yeah, I'm reporting live from my Sabres coaching fear bunker in the woods, uh, calling off a ham radio as I promised on Twitter. Uh, yeah. So, how are you guys doing today? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of where we start with you. Like, how are sure. you doing today? I mean, it, I think the day is kind of the worst for you. I mean, I, I think that's fine. Bill I, and I were like, we're, we're, we're in on Gromberg. I, I think you were like. You were like waist deep on Gromberg, maybe even like nipple deep on Gromberg. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, when I got the news, I, I made my way just, I just kept driving until it was all woods from side to side. <laughs> I went in and I found, you know, the landmark I set up, just a red handkerchief uh, for my fear bunker, you know, unlocked the door and, and already I'm part of a coyote pack. I haven't made alpha yet, which is a little disappointing. Um, You're still a beta. But- yeah, yeah, kind of right now. It's weird. I'm in flux, but uh, I, I think I'll be a Coyote Alpha by the end of the week. And then if the Sabres still haven't hired a head coach in that time, who knows? Maybe this is my new home somewhere in like Burt, New York, wherever I am. So you have to let us know, do they actually do group howls? Oh, yeah, we super do. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, like, I was out of unison. And so that's why they didn't nominate me Alpha. It was that's like, all right, man, you got to do this one last thing. Yeah. And I fucked it up, of course. So I guess while we're on the coaches, now would be a good time to... 
I'll talk about the thing that ruined Anthony's night. If you, I mean, by the time you see this or listen to this podcast, if you didn't see it on Twitter, this would be news to you. Uh, so a little bit of news I tweeted out before the podcast started. There's another name in the mix who is not necessarily an exciting name, but a coach with NHL experience, which seems to be Botterill's thing here. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. But um, former Calgary Flames and current coach of KHL team and also the Latvian national coach who is in coaching for Latvia in the World Championships right now, just same place that Jason Botterill happens to be as well. Uh, Bob Hartley. There is some interest with the Sabres in Hartley in the head coaching vacancy. Uh, I will, there's not a lot I can get into publicly on the detail besides that. And also I can share that, which Anthony liked this and Bill didn't hear this part yet, is that uh, the Ottawa Senators also have interest in Bob Hartley. Woo woo! Ottawa and the Sabres, <laughs> again, just like Jacques Martin uh, with interest. I mean, in let's guy. be honest and stop right there and just say, what does that tell you? Right, right. No, I love aligning our interests with, you know, Eugene Melnick and <laughs> Pierre Dorian. No, that, that's awesome. That's a really solid duo to share a vision with. I mean, as you said, though, they interviewed DJ Smith, so they're ahead of us, right? Yeah, they're actually better. You're right. They're in better shape. <laughs> Hooray. So, I don't know. I mean, Bill, you've kind of been away here. We're, we're, you're, I mean, we'll let you go first. What's your whole take in this coaching situation here? Where, where are you at right now? Not in a good place. I'm not in a fear bunker, but I'm not in a good place. Um, There's room, Bill. <laughs> yeah, you might have to give me the coordinates after, after depending on how this podcast goes. But uh, send you a carrier pigeon. Yeah, I don't. It's just I feel like we're, kind of everybody at this point is just like grasping at straws. Names are falling off. And, and originally, so when you when we started, it was you know McClellan and, and Vigno, and, and everyone's just kind of like, no, we really don't want them. So the, those names fell off, and it was good. And then everybody's all in Gronberg or Tippett. Keith, and then obviously Gronberg today falls off, and Keith pretty much everyone's saying you're not going to have a shot at. Uh, so I, <laughs> everyone's pretty much in the tippet boat from what I've seen, on our uh, Chris Taylor. Um, but it definitely doesn't seem like Botro's touching Taylor with a 10 foot pole. It looks like he's going definitely that experienced route. So, I mean, what, what do we got now? Hartley, Martin, Richards, and Tippett are your four. Pretty much. I mean, it's, it's there's somebody out. I mean, Nate Lehman's still out there. I mean, he was tied at one point, but I haven't heard a lot since then. So I guess you can say there's still a small glimmer of hope there, but I kind of would doubt that. But yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I'm kind of getting at the point where just pick who you want to pick and I mean, get to work. Like, right. no matter who you pick, the team's got to have a complete overhaul over the next two years here, if he even gets two years, depending on how this offseason goes. Um, so I think at this point, he's just got to make his decision, pick who he's going to pick and, and get on to, what do we call it? Roster surgery. Roster uh, surgery said, yeah. I think it's a, a full bypass that needs to be done here. Yeah. I, I mean, it's the one thing I, I want to say, you know, and then we'll kind of let Anthony get into his whole fear bunker on R- Ricard Gromberg being gone is I, I think a lot of the things you've seen today, um, and rightfully so. Maybe it's a little bit of overreaction, freak out with this thing. I, I, I don't. I, I don't want to. I, I just want to caution people that you know, really, the only coaches that have been hired have been Elaine Vino and Claude McClellan. So let's not like sit here and pretend they've missed out on all these options. Uh, it's certainly frustrating. The Gromberg thing went the way it did. They didn't appear to have any interest, um, but neither did anybody else. And that's just the way the NHL works, apparently. Keith would be an awesome option, like you said, Bill. It's 
seems unrealistic at this point, which is unfortunate, but kind of is what it is. So really, I mean, <laughs> this is the kind of the options you're left with, unless you want to, you know, I think DJ Smith is a good option, but it doesn't appear they're interested there. So I don't, I don't know. I, I think it's the hope for Tippett, but I, I just, I, I think I just kind of want to tell, like, the only thing he's trying to say here is just to, People just take a breath, relax. Like I, I understand the optics of it are not good and there's no room for patience, but I also don't want to sit here and throw stones as organization. That's a complete joke when really they haven't really missed a boat on anything yet. I guess I'm kind of, let's see what they pull away with here. You know, Martin or Hartley then go crazy. But if they pull away with Tippett, then we kind of freak out kind of over nothing here. Well, yeah. <clears throat> and kind of what I was going to say too, is no matter who they pick, whether you're happy or mad about it, it's not going to matter until you start seeing games anyways. Right. So, I mean, I think it's, it's the way that the coaching search is kind of going on top of that. It's just that kind of, or it's that time of the year, you know, we got, you know, there's nothing else to talk about. And for the Sabres right now, not nothing, but you know, it's that time of the year where you're now watching the final four teams uh, in the Stanley cup finals. You don't have a coach. You're seeing names come and go as they, you know, as it, as it happens over the weeks here. Um, Skinner's still not signed. I mean, I think there's just a lot of things right now that don't look good, and there's kind of nothing really else to talk about except the signing that we're going to get to with the interview in a little bit. Um, but I mean, that's not not helping your your you know the team as a as a whole immediately is what I want to say. So it, I think it's just there's a there's a lot of questions, and kind of the further we go, it's the questions are turning into frustration, turning into anger. Um, and kind of right, you know, rightfully so. Uh, things haven't gone well, you know, not only the last you know seven seasons, but uh, this was as bad as they can. Anthony, how do you over there? You get bit no, by? No, I'm good. I'm good. I was just just <laughs> waiting for Bill, Bill to you know say his thing, right? Okay, so so I mean, if we're gonna you know circle back, right? Let's start with the first bit of bad news we got today, or or, or you know, depending on who you are. For me, it was bad news uh, that that Groundberg was off the table, right? Here's the thing. I and I said this on Twitter. I had kind of resigned myself to the fact that the vibe I was getting from the search was he wasn't going to be the guy, right? And whether that meant they might pursue him as an assistant or they they just were going to outright say no, this guy is not what we need. I kind of resigned myself to that thinking just based on what I was hearing and whatever, right? The part that irritated me was John Vogel's report that they didn't even talk to the guy. Yeah. That that's unacceptable in my opinion. You have a guy who epitomizes everything that uh, allegedly Jason Botterill stands for, yet he can't get a conversation. Like you, you can't, you know what I mean? You, you can't interview the guy. I just think that's complete nonsense. So it tells me that Botterill has maybe, maybe with the exception of Sheldon Keefe, right? Resigned himself to veterans only, right? And that's against casting a wide net, which is what you want every coaching search. I don't care what sport it is. You want to cast a wide net. And, and it's something, Chad, you brought up a couple of weeks ago. It might have been during the Lost episode, so I might just be re- referencing nothing. But, um, <laughs> but, but you know, you brought that up as something that it sounded like, you know, when we heard the names Lehman, when we heard, you know, for, for like a, a hot second, DJ Smith, someone reported, you know, I mean, he might be of interest. It was like, okay, cool. So it sounds like they're looking at all options. Well, now it sounds less like that, right? And so for me, right, if Bonnerill is going to maintain – this image, right, or this perception as an innovator, as someone who values analytics, values, you know, that perspective of the game, you have two options now. You have Keefe or Hartley, because unless he's got, like, Knobloch up his sleeve, which would be weird, but maybe, or someone, you know, who's been just completely out of left field, but 
of the guys we've, you know, we've heard about, I mean, Martin Richards, Hartley, those are like the, the anti that, right. And, and you know, you, whatever, whatever situation he's in with Edmonton, right. I mean, you got to jump on tippet right now, I think in my opinion. And it, it, I just, I know that, you know, there's pay, you gotta be patient and, you know, there's still only three vacancies that have been filled and most coaches don't get hired. You know, I would say at least half of coaches, right. Don't get hired till May. It's like, yeah, I get all that. And you're competing against Ottawa. I think Anaheim's job's going to Dallas Eakins, honestly. So really there's only two. Fair. Well, and Edmonton. And Edmonton too. So yeah, there's three. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yep. and Tippett's a real threat to go there. I, I would think, right. Based on what we've heard. So, yep. yep. The, the lack of a, of a sense of urgency that I'm getting, which could mean nothing, they could announce, you know, Dave Tippett tomorrow for all I know, but it's, it, I'm just, it's, I'm uneasy and Tippett, you know what I mean? The more you look at him, right. Uh, Joe DiBiase from WGR tweeted out something. I think it was last week. Um, I've got it pulled up here. You know, he, this is just, this is perfect. And he, this is why I think he kind of fits every part of the bill here. He said, we had a player that was supposed to be a great shutdown defenseman, and he's referring to his time in Dallas. I think it was Daryl Sador, someone figured out. Yes, correct. He was supposedly the be-all, end-all of defensemen. When you did a 10-game analysis of him, you found out he was defending all the time because he can't move the puck. Be still my beating heart. That is exactly how we've, we've begged coaches to watch the game, right? I mean, that, that's, that's Rasmus Ristolainen. Yeah, Ryan Stinson said he was at the Seattle Analytics Conference this year. He was that. Yes, Ryan did say that. I mean, he just sounds really awesome. So he, it almost seems like it's him or Keith for for Bottle to be able to, you know, kind of appease the fan base who right now is irritated because I think everybody, I mean, not everybody, but over fifty percent of your, you know, more uh, analytics savvy fans, your more knowledgeable fans, we're we're on Team Grumper. Yeah, and it, you know it's. There's no inside knowledge in it, but something about, I did this before with somebody else, I forgot who it was, but it's something in my gut tells me I feel like Tippett's the guy they want. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. And it's tough because what it's, it's harder. You can tell like the Sabres job is more enticing because you have Rasmus Dahlin and you have Jack Eichel and you have cap space and whatever. But the other team has Connor McDavid, the best okay. player in the world. So no, like, I, and, and people brought that up and I agree with that. But it, okay, at some point though, the big the big thing on Pagula, right, is like, well, he's the guy with no, you know, he he's no purse strings or whatever the term was about Calisano, sort of, right? Sort of speak. Yeah, so like this is like the one thing he's capable of because everything else he's done has been, to be honest, like a, a total flop. So that that's his one saving grace. So if you've got to compete with that, if if you're even a relatively even situation with Edmonton back up the Brinks truck, man. Like that's what you're here for. Yeah. You're not here because you're a hockey man. You know what I mean? You're not here because you're great at running a, you know, a sports organization. Cause you're not, this is like that one edge you have over everybody else. So if that's the guy, then do the thing, man. Yeah. It, it it's, 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 the, and I think Bill kind of made a good point that I keep trying to remind myself too, is that, you know, the, the coach is kind of at the, the focus right now. I, I think the roster part of it can't be forgotten either. Oh no! Of course. Even if course. even if they get Gromberg, you know we're all happy about it. But oh, yeah, step two is you need to get him a roster. Who it doesn't matter who the coach. Even if they get Jock Martin, we're all going to be angry. But at the end of the day, if they put together a good roster, I'm pretty sure he's going to be fine. So that, that, while while a coach has fine enough, yeah, I, I think in a season a coach can maybe give you in the neighborhood of three to four wins. Let's say with their coaching, which which if you're a playoff bubble team that makes a difference right I mean, that, that's the difference you're making and missing but realistically I, I think a good roster a good roster kind of trumps 
Oh, for sure it does. But I mean, do I want that good roster with Jacques Martin? Or do I want no. that good roster with no. Dave Tippett? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Yeah, right. It's about seeing your organization be on not even just the cutting edge as an organization, right? It's about having them optimize every facet of it. That's the team that makes the consistent deep runs. So I don't want to just say like, oh, cool, we, you know, we fixed the roster or we didn't. And then say, oh, yeah, but our coach isn't going to be able to optimize it. So, you know what I mean? It's, well, it, it's that's exactly right. both things. But for me, I think it's the, the thing that you said is the team should be looking – a team like this that hasn't made the playoffs in this long, has been bad for this long, should be looking for that advantage and being on the cutting edge of something different. Exactly. And something different. Yep. The thing – and stop me if I'm wrong, but I feel like if it's true that we're really just looking for experienced head coaches here, it's almost like Bottrell being a new GM and his first head coach not working, the roster's kind of in shambles. It's, it's kind of, to me, it's almost like he's in a position of fear instead of a position of go yes. out and make the right decision, look for that cutting-edge guy. He's in a, I can't screw this up, so I'm just going to go with the safest guy with the most experience and, and just hope that it works because otherwise I'm gone. Uh, where I'd rather, and I think we'd all rather, see somebody or see him go out and get someone that, and I think it's why Grondrog was so appealing, is it different, didn't really have that much experience, but says and does all the right things. So if you're going to go down, go down swinging with something different as opposed to going down swinging with the same, you know, five guys that have just been thrown in the, the windmill and, and brought back out to a different team every year in the show. That is exactly where I'm at. I'm clapping. That was my round of applause because that was perfect. <laughs> I couldn't agree more with that. Good to be back, boys. <laughs> Bill, Bill's back in the groove again. <laughs> He's had to get a few minutes under his belt. But, yeah, I, I think, Bill, you're right on there too. You know, I think we said his – is is pretty well said and you know something i I tweeted out before too it's it's you know the whole thing with gromberg you know i get the people who say well he hasn't coached like a club team in you know 13 14 years where i mean part of me thinks if you can coach hockey you can coach hockey it's a tournament team or a club team i don't really care i don't think two years with the club team in zerk's gonna make him a different of a coach in two years than he would be right now if he's good he's good if he's bad he's bad that's just the way it's gonna be so but you know, it, it for me, it's beyond Gromberg for me. It's a lot of the thing that I think the concerns they have is, and it's not just Botterill, it's the entire NHL in general. It's look at these coaches that were hired. Quenville, uh, Vino, McClellan. They're all retreads, all of them, all retreads. Nobody's going outside the box. Nobody's being different. Last year, we saw two teams do it. We saw Dallas go to the college route and get Jim Montgomery, and they were an overtime go away from the conference finals. And then we saw the Rangers go get David Quinn, who actually did a pretty good job for Rangers team that was supposed to be pretty bad. While they were still bad, he, that team played hard every single game, and they were actually pretty competitive throughout the season. So there's an example of two teams that kind of went outside the box, and it worked for them. They didn't hire that retread coach after trying that, after bringing in Vigneault in for the Rangers, and after bringing Lindy Ruff for uh, and Ken, Hitch- Ken Hitchcock for the Stars. Like you know, they, they did something different, and it's worked out for them. It's benefited them. Where these teams that continue to recycle these coaches, it, it doesn't, it's like just, it doesn't seem to work. I mean, it's, you know, it worked for the Islanders. They got Barry Trotz who's a good coach, but you know, Barry Trotz really isn't even out there that much. You know, that, that type of coach isn't going to be there. These coaches are going to be there. Are these average coaches that, you know, can only get you so far, but can't push you across the finish line basically. And, and I think that's kind of what they're doing now. No, go ahead. <clears throat> but that's the, that's the one thing too, that's hard for NHL teams where, it's like, I feel, I feel like they're always doing a backwards inspect of you're always looking for a coach. Like once you fired somebody, you're not like going to get the guy 
that you think could make your we had this conversation who was it there was some, it was i think it was even trots right maybe yeah. some, somebody that you're always I feel like the, when that guy becomes available, we're, you know, one year into the new guy. So it's not like you're going to get rid of him to go get the guy that's going to be better for your team. And it's just kind of weird, but this is kind of how it is in the NHL where you just have to hope and pray that <laughs> that second year when the coach gets fired, that somebody good is going to be available and want to come to your team. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, definitely. So it's like you're, you're playing against yourself there too, where you just got to not only hope that the right guy is available, but at the same time, then go out, hope you want your team, and then you also have to make that right decision too. It's just, it's very, I think that's why it's so hard to get it right. Um, because, I mean, I, there's somebody today, even on the radio, who's saying, like, you know, you're, you're continuity people that, you know, we got to stay with continuity. That's the reason the team's bad. I mean, it's not the reason the team's bad. I mean, look at what has Bilesma done since he left? What has Nolan done? You know, what has Lindy done? What are you, Murray? Like, none of these guys have gone on to do anything. So it's not like, right, right. It's, more an, indi- it's more an indictment of team image. Yeah, and I think it's just that's the hard thing is that it's not necessarily that you should be holding on to these guys. It's just that it's I think it's it's such a small window. You just got to get it right, and and then when you're in a guy like in the position Bottrell is, it's just gonna go get the thing that's safe, which sucks. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean the way the way I'll end it. Hopefully, it's safe. (laughs) You can let Anthony end it with his with his comments. Is my final thought thought on this whole coach situation whether it be a veteran, whether it be an age coach, whether it be a European coach or whether it be a college coach, I don't care what their experience is. I don't care how long they've coached at what level they've coached at. If, if they played hockey, if they've not played hockey in professional level, I don't care. I just simply want you to go out and find me the best coach. That's all you have to do. I don't care what experience is. I don't think that should matter. Just go out there, talk to a lot of people, which I thought he was doing, but maybe he's not doing to the extent we first thought cast your wide net, talk to a lot of people, figure out who the best coach for your team is, and then get that guy and everything else is secondary. And then go fix your roster and let the guy who you feel is the best coach for your team go coach that improved roster. That's where I'll end it, and that's where I'm at. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, the the, the big big thing that, that... I'm, I'm taking away from this though. And, and we we've talked about it and you said it again, right. Is, is the casting a wide net thing. And so it brings me back to, to kind of my gut feeling I expressed on, on Twitter today. Um, and I know under Botterill things have been like, you know, kept under wraps a little bit better uh, than it was under Murray, who just would basically straight up tell you everything he was doing. <laughs> uh, but I think the lack of smoke, because when you think about it, there's really been nothing but like fairy dust on the, on in these reports. Like, uh, yeah, I hear they might be interested in this guy. And there, there, there hasn't been much concrete aside from Friedman saying that they definitely interviewed Tippett, which uh, I'm going to assume happened. Um, but other than that, there hasn't been a, a ton, right? And, and a lot of the uh, McClellan stuff was was maybe false, you know, in retrospect. Mm. I wonder if the lack of, of urgency maybe or, or, or the lack of news has is stemming from the fact that right now Chris Taylor is still the clubhouse favorite and they're just kind of kicking tires on guys. Because it, it, it would almost make sense to me that that would be the case where – you know, he, he's, he's, you know, focusing on the world. He's in Slovakia right now. And, and the situation is kind of from a fan base perspective, unraveling, maybe not in reality, but you know, guys are going off the board and he's just kind of, you know, Edmonton's interested in Tippett and there just seems to be kind of like a general. Yeah. Okay. 
like just around everything. And it's, it, I think it's making everyone uneasy. And so I'm theorizing right now that Taylor might be his guy and the, all the Tushak Martin smoke and all these smoke about these, like, you know, veterans who don't seem qualified to be head coaches in this day and age or, or any longer, uh, they might be kicking tires on, Hey, would you come be this guy's assistant? You know what I mean? Help him. Can I get acclimated? I'm just going to say that. I wonder if any of these names, maybe like maybe Lehman's that kind of guy. Right. Maybe sure. A conversation, but maybe it's a conversation on, Hey, would you be interested in being an assistant coach? They, they did talk to him about coaching Rochester two years ago. Right. He was, he was in an interview with uh, Chris Taylor, but he, or maybe know. it could have, if we're going on your wormhole of your theory here, maybe it's, Hey, if we promote Chris Taylor, would you want to go coach our AHL team? Sure. Yeah, I, I don't know if Bob Hartley's, you know, or or, or Jacques Martin is going to like, you know, leave the Pittsburgh bench. No, I was more referring to Lehman, not like. Oh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yes. No, you, no, I don't think Martin absolutely. or Hartley's going to do that. No. Right, right. No, okay. I get you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or, or same with uh, Sandlin, right? Because yep. we heard like a little bit of smoke around him in the beginning. Um, but yeah, it just seems like there's just a general kind of vagueness to this whole process. And, and it's just, it's just odd. You know, I mean, none of the insiders really have anything concrete. I mean, Friedman drops like little tidbits here and there, but. If you really read it, there's it's just kind of, it's almost all speculative, yeah. and it just seems so odd because every other team, there, you know, there's reports, and it, even when you know Bottero keeps things under wraps, yeah, okay, but during the Housley interview, we knew everything that was going on, like it was a it was a foregone conclusion that it was him or Tockett, and lo and behold, that was it. You know what I mean? He ended up being the guy. So I just find this all a little bit odd and and maybe unfamiliar. So that's maybe what's bringing me down that that train of thought where. I think Taylor's the guy, and unless someone blows him away, he's going to get it, and it was always going to be him. And right now, they're trying to assemble a staff because outside of wow, outside of Steve Smith, I don't know anyone who's worth keeping on that coaching staff. So maybe that's what they're kind of doing right now, and it would make sense if Taylor knows, you know, he's the guy in waiting or he's going to be it. That the general manager would then shift his focus to procuring, you know, experienced assistance. You ready for Devil's Advocate? Yes, please. <clears throat> Number one, for me, if Taylor is the guy in the clubhouse, the way that the roster is currently, why wouldn't you have already just done it so you could move on and focus on, as we've all said now, the bigger problem? Yep. Maybe they have done it internally. That's what I'm saying. I, so my second point to that then is the optics. Now you're going through this whole coaching search where everybody who's you know avid Sabres fans are on bated breath, waiting for the next source, waiting for the next rumor to drop. All these people are going to come and go, and then two months later, you're going to be like, "Yeah, it's Chris Taylor. It's not going to look good." That's whether a great it's, point. Whether it's the right it's decision gonna, or not, whether right, whether it's true or not, it's going to look like he was your yeah, he was your fallback. Boy, if it goes, if I go get him, yeah. If yeah, Tippett goes to Edmonton point. and then they announce Taylor, it's going to mm-hmm. be well. You didn't get Tippett, so you just fell you back on Tippett, Taylor. You didn't get McClellan. You didn't want to talk to Gromberg. You whoever else didn't want to come see you, so you're like, "Well, let's." Like we said a few times, he's mm-hmm. the like break glass in case of emergency higher and you know. I wonder how much they care about the objects though I, if, again if, they shouldn't but right. it's just the reality of the situation oh yeah you're right oh I I won't disagree there at all you're you're I think you've predicted it perfectly it's yeah. exactly what will happen because I mean, Bottle will say during, if that happens during the press conference he'll say, oh yeah Teller was our guy all along I won't believe a word of it mm-hmm. but I mean, yeah, he'll easily come out and say that yeah and again if if that's the case and we all, you know, like Taylor. So, like again, it might not be the wrong hire, but just the way it's gone about and how it's happened, it's going to look that way, and you're going to get those questions. Um, mm-hmm. And I kind of wonder too. This is more off topic, but well, not really off topic, but in the same realm, is maybe it's just you know with Russ Brandon going and how I bet you you know Pagula loves 
McDermott and Bean and, and how the bills are being run. And I think it, maybe it's just along those lines of why things aren't really coming out anymore. I'm sure he hated it when Murray did it. Uh, so maybe it's just one of those, one of the things that does come from the top where it's just the owner saying, you know, butt it up. I don't want anything getting leaked out. Do what you got to do. But uh, until you've made a final decision, let's not have anything leak. Yeah, I'll counterpoint that, though, on the Bills thing. I mean, everybody and their brother was reporting Josh Allen was their guy before last year's draft, and nobody wanted to believe it because, you know, his football analytics weren't sexy at all. Um, but that ended up being the case, and it seems like people were saying, you know, the, the guys in the know, your Benjamin Albrights and, and your national guys who have been saying it had known it for months. Yeah. So I think it was like the worst-kept secret in the league. So, But I get what you're saying. I mean, yeah, I, I can – I think it's more than likely that Pagula hated how Murray kind of handled business. And I think it was probably part of the reason he got, you know, pushed out the door when he did. Cause I wasn't fully expecting Murray to get fired when he did. Not that I wasn't in support of it, but I didn't think he'd go <laughs> yeah, out with Bob Bilesma. No, but, uh, no, I can see his demeanor absolutely rubbing the wrong way. And, and uh, you know, having the Pagulas kind of change their policy in that regard. But I mean, man, has it been, has it ever been buttoned up though? I mean, it's, it's not a leak. I mean, there's right. hardly no, and it's I'll say this when you're when you're an organization that is getting ragged on as much as they have, a team that's just both teams that haven't won much, and an owner that's come in and said we're going to win multiple Stanley Cups, and you haven't even made the playoffs. Uh, I think that's one thing, maybe where you can at least try to make it look like a better organization. Like if leaks are coming out left and right, you know, again optics. It's just what kind of sh- you know shit show you're running here. Imagine um, being Terry Pagula buying that team and then like that half season after he bought it, like they kicked ass, made the playoffs, and he's like, this is so easy. <laughs> I'm going to go spend all this money and sign Willie Lano. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. We get Lano in here, we're set. What was this guy doing? <laughs> Child's play. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's – I mean, it, like on the buttoned-up thing, it, it's really been buttoned up. I mean, a lot of the things that – you know, it does hurt you think, like I said, you know, I, I can't say a lot. There's Skinner stuff where Anthony, I told you, and I tweeted out a few things where there's, I, I'm not worrying about Skinner yet. I wouldn't worry yet, but it's, it's very buttoned up. There's not a lot they want getting out. They like to keep things quiet under bottle. I mean, you can even say with some of their moves, like the Brandon Montour trade kind of came out of nowhere you know, on the deadline day. There's kind of Sheary trade again, kind of came out of nowhere. Even, you know, I guess the Ryland O'Reilly thing wasn't really out of nowhere, but you know, everyone thought, well, they're, they're going to pay the bonus and go past July 1, and then 8 o'clock, boom, there's a trade. So, like, it's, you know, it's they, they run a tight ship over there. I'll give them that. So, it, it's the stuff that does leak out. You know, it's hard to grab what's reality and what's not. So, then I guess that kind of makes it that makes a difference. You know, maybe if, like, five things come out, maybe two are true. But which two are they? You know, that's, that's the game you're going to have to play. Is it a lack of information leading to me spiraling? Just mentally, <laughs> what is happening? I, I think I think it's anxiety. Anxiety everybody has, right? With the team yeah. in general, the way things have gone recently, I just think it's. I mean, we all. I mean, we're fans. It, it's the way things are in 2019. It's it's quick information society. You know, it's yeah. And something comes out, we run with it. You know, it's you know Jeremy from WGR is a super secret source with some mention some player and we spend the entire day on Twitter talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> what if that really doesn't have anything to it? Like what if it's just, we had fun. Like, that's so like, funny. Hey, out about Alex Wenberg 
eh, I don't know. And coming this summer, okay, cool. All oh, the Sabres interested in Alex Wenberg. Like, what did, did but they had a five second conversation about him. Like, you really don't. <laughs> but you know what's funny? People will comment like that on Twitter too when I tweet something. Like, who cares? You don't even know what's going to happen. Yeah, let's just never talk about anything. Well, I mean, that's the thing right. too. But that's, that's what Twitter is, though, right? That's why it's there. It's for us to overly freak yeah. out about things, right? And yeah. overly analyze and overly like. Yeah, the people who say who cares, like that's like the fun place of Twitter. Like, well, th- this is why this app. You is- don't know what coach is going to be good. You're right. We should just never talk about it. You're absolutely right. I'm sorry. This app is the app is there for us to tweet funny things once or twice a year. We had a home run with, and then over rationalize yes. sports. That's why, <laughs> that's why Twitter is there. I got one last little thing. So early, early in this process, when people were just throwing out the most insane names, like right after Housley was fired, right? Someone threw out Mike Greer and I laughed, right? I was like, huh, fear the Greer. I'm like, yeah, I remember him. <laughs> Today, someone said, hey, what's Mike Greer doing? And I thought to myself, I seriously thought to myself, you know what? That's better than over half the alternatives. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Like that went from a joke to ha ha. What, you know, as if to, yeah, I'd take that. Maybe. <laughs> well, another one. What about Stu Barnes? I mean, he was just the coach, the assistant coach of Dallas, right? Sure. Well, just, former Sabre. Why not? I mean, Shields can be the goalie coach. Right. Uh, I mean, Vakla hey, Verada. Vakla Verada is doing good things for the challenge. The the public, league, right? Yeah. He's killing it. They, they competed for the Czech cup last year. They won, won it this year. Did they win it this year? Yes. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Did he win their version of the Jack Adams? I have no idea. The the what would they you know, what's it what's a good check name? <laughs> I guess I'm gonna try to get in trouble. I'm gonna try. <laughs> Can you imagine this the day that Rock Verada is the head coach of the Buffalo Sabres? I'd wait. be fine with it. I'd actually love that. <laughs> I'd buy a Verada jersey. I'd pursue a goat head and just buy it. Uh, good stuff. I actually have one. You have a Vaclav Verada jersey? I sure do. I'm super jealous of Bill right now. More so than I already was. <laughs> can you uh, send me a one to the fear bunker? <laughs> I'd have to pull it out, but I'm sure I can find it. Isn't it like a like a like a kid one, right? Like a like a small one? No, I think it's well, it might be like a medium. Dude, no, on that on that note, when we went to that red and black throwback uh podcast or uh podathon rather. I remember you telling me the jersey had was super tiny, right? Yeah, so I have a, a like uh butter knives Tim Connolly jersey. And I put it on just to see, like, you know, I asked my mom to get it, like, out of her basement because, like, I didn't even have it in my own home. And I put it on, and it's, like, a three-quarter sleeve. And, like, it's, like, right at my belt line. I'm, like, yeah, I'm not wearing this. This is follows, though. Last time I wore it, I was, like, 12. That would have been good for the optics, though, to see that would have been great. Yes, yes. Uh, So we should move on beyond the coaching quickly here. Um, I've got a, a quick thing. You ready for this? Go ahead and hit me with it. So something that I've been thinking about more and more here as we go along is the thing outside of the team that I'm super interested to see how this goes is the fan base. Now, it just came out, I think it was today, that what the first two rounds, Buffalo was still the highest, right? I think so, for, yeah. yeah. For watching. But so I, I think we're getting to a point now where the fan base is ready to explode, and it's either for the better or for the worse where you had the tank, and so obviously you had the fan base was split, you know, pro-tank and against the tank. And then after the tank, you had did the tank work versus did the tank not work crowd. But now we're kind of getting to a point where everybody's pissed. The tank <laughs> people are happy that it worked. You got your guy, but now you should be good by now. And then you have the people who didn't think the tank worked and others pissed because you've been bad for seven years. And I think – the, the pressure, one way or another, is on here, uh, at least I think, that 
this has to be right and it has to be right quickly or I think you're going to start actually seeing things happen in the arena, like people not showing up and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. That's a good point. No, I, I think that that's a really good point. You know, that's yeah. I mean, you kind of saw at the end of last year. I, I think when people stopped showing up again, you know, it's. I think you saw it this year. Yeah, you, well, that's what I mean. It's the, well, well, I meant this year, and at the end of this year is what I meant. Yeah, yeah. right. You know, if you walk out, of, I'll tell you what right now. If they walk out of here with Jacques Martin as their coach and Jeff Skinner walks, oh, I think that building. I think that building today? will look similar to what it would have looked like if they would have kept Housley and Skinner walk. So we're going to have a Boston or Carolina versus, uh, you know. O'Reilly or Kane? Yeah, yeah, O'Reilly or Kane in the final. We're going to have Jacques Martin as a head coach, Jeff Skinner. Yeah, that's like the darkest timeline. That's definitely the darkest timeline. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. There's an alternate dimension out there where we're like perennial cup winners and it's going to get They laugh about like, hey, what if there's a place where we don't have Jeff Skinner? <laughs> Jack Martin is a coach. Dude, stop. Don't even talk like that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> Where someone gave Sam Reinhardt a contract early before he was scored 60 points. Chad is going to be salty about that till 2021. We talked about <clears> that. that way. I'm going to tell you right now. I, <laughs> You're right. I'm going to be salty about that the, the day the season starts and he starts producing because that guy throws up another 670 point season this year, especially if he's away from Eichel. He said it. You're, you're, you're paying him. You're, you're at $8 million. When you could have gotten it for around five and a half for five years. Yeah, you're right. But, you know, look at the points. Don't look at the smart analytic information. That's what I've told you all along. Sam Reinhardt was really good. You know, let's focus on his points and goals. And then when he breaks out and scores 65 points, you know, oh, well, tough luck. I just can't wait till next season when it takes Eichel like five games to get going. And people are like, it's about goals. He doesn't score enough goals <laughs> in five games. It's like, yeah, you're right. He sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> You know, I really can't for next season is to hear Rick Jenner try to say Rats are Linen and R2 Arusa Linen on the same Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How about that transition for you? We're getting near the end of the podcast where Anthony, Bill, and I are going to stop talking. And then uh, I interv- I talked with Yoki Nevalina earlier today, uh, just him and I, about some finished prospects. Uh, we talked about new signed Saber R2 Arusa Linen. Uh, we talked about um, Ascari Laxanen. Very interested in prospect for me personally. You know, if you follow me, uh, we talked about Miska Kukinen, who is the Sabres' fifth round pick in 2018. Uh, Yoki had some cool stuff stay on him. Uh, we mentioned Oliver Koski, who is a guy I mentioned in the podcast before, uh, but looks like he's headed to Detroit. Also, there's some, but there were some interesting things there said as well. Uh, we talked a little bit about Capo uh, Kako, who is great. Other about Billy Hanula, and then we also talked about a few other draft eligible prospects near the end too. So, all in all, pretty good conversation with Yoki. He, you know, he knows the stuff with his finished prospects. But um, I know you guys listened to a little bit of it before the podcast started. Is there anything before we turn the end of our podcast over here to Yoki in that interview? Is there anything either of you want to bring up about what he said that you heard so far? I don't want to give too much away because people are going to listen here after we're done talking. But is there anything that you kind of want to preface for people to listen to this? Without saying much, because I don't want to spoil it, like you said, uh, I found it interesting what he had to say about, and you and I talked about it a little bit beforehand, uh, the situation where he can or cannot, you know I mean, be in the AHL next year. It's got to be NHL or or Liga. So I'm going to leave it at that so people can listen for themselves. But I thought that his tidbit on that was interesting. 
Bill, anything else you want to bring up before we turn that over here? Uh, I'm just going to say, you know, just remember it's another, it's a prospect. He's 21. He didn't make the Finland team. It doesn't mean he's not going to be good. Um, and I will say this is a good thing that they have been doing. You know, we talked about being on the cutting edge, going out to Europe and getting these guys. And now you're seeing actually more and more teams try and copy that motto. Uh, I think they hit it twice. I mean, obviously Antipin didn't work out in the end, but he was still a pretty good defenseman. I don't think he was played uh, properly on the team. And, and obviously we know a pilot is. It's all we talk about. So uh, kudos for them going over to Europe and finding these guys. And it's one way, like you said, to be on the cutting edge and make your team better for cheap. Cheap. I mean, that's a three or X level contract, $125,000. You know, if he's, mm-hmm. if he gives you anything in the next two years, I mean, that's a hell of a contract. Not even a draft pick. Exactly. Not even a draft pick. No assets spent, just a little bit of calorie sap space. So yeah, so definitely listen for what they said. Um, I would also, again, urge you to listen to the part on Miska Kukin because I found that really interesting too. Again, he's a fifth round pick last year. He's kind of the, uh, you know, he was kind of, he's kind of the equivalent to what, Actually, no, that's Cronholm. I don't want to mix him up. Never mind. I don't want to, I'll take that part back. Cronholm is the guy that was kind of the mystery guy that nobody even knew about what kind of like Laxon was. So I don't I want to mix in my prospects here. But still, some interesting stuff he said on Coogan. And so you don't hear a lot about him. So I would definitely pay attention to that. So is there anything else you guys want to talk about before our version of the podcast is over? Or have you kind of talked about coaches enough where you're going to let it ride this week? Congrats to UPL. Yes, oh, yeah. good point. Yes, so that's unfortunate for the hip surgery, but uh, if you didn't hear, he was named OHL's most outstanding player of the year, basically MVP of the OHL, on top of him being named OHL goalie of the year. So he had a rock-solid, incredible season uh, for Sudbury, who was a terrible team until he got there, and then he went there and took them to the second round of the OHL playoffs. I mean, Quentin Byfield had a little bit of influence on that too, who was a great 2020 prospect but you know Lucan in had an incredible season so good for him exciting hopefully he gets that hip fixed it's kind of disappointing that he might miss the beginning of next season but uh it's encouraging it's encouraging I, I think he can arguably right now before this draft you could say he's the team's you know best prospect so yeah that, that's, that's good it's good it's good stuff bill good, good bring up that point all right, so then I'll do the little spiel here because after the Yoki interview, that's going to be the end of the podcast. So uh, make sure you're following at BTB Hockey on Twitter. Also, make sure you're following um, our new third co-host, Anthony. Uh, make sure I say your name at the time, Chandra uh, at Chandra Sports <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, so Anthony Anthony pretends to know his stuff, but I think he knows a little bit more. So a little bit he's like he's like average he's like average to above average you know he's i think that loki thing you had was pretty good today so that was <laughs> that was that was good i mean it's, it's, it's unfortunate that you die but you know hey look man as a guy involved with saberdom being above average is a massive compliment <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just kidding anthony's very good at what he does so definitely make sure you're following him if you're not because he has some excellent content and then also you can follow him freak out about coaches because it actually pretty is entertaining at times yeah. Uh, <laughs> make sure you're uh, subscribing to the podcast on iTunes, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Rate, share, anything you can do to help us out. Um, that would be greatly appreciated. And yeah, I think that's it. So, uh, Anthony and Bill, I hope you guys have a good weekend. Uh, enjoy watching Carolina and Boston and the conference finals. Carolina is actually winning two to one right now. So my analytics darlings are 
doing pretty well for me. So that's exciting. Game one. So enjoy the conference finals. We'll talk next week. Hopefully we have something. Maybe I don't know, we'll have a coach and we'll have something interesting to talk about, but we'll make stuff up if not, because that's what we do best here. <laughs> so um, enjoy the interview with Yoki Nevalainen about some finished prospects. And then we will talk to you guys next week. So for the three of us, we're out. Except for me, you'll hear my voice, but the rest of us are out. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Happy Mom's Days, boys. Don't forget. All right, so I am joined on the line by Yoki Nevelainen, who is a junior associate editor at Dauber's Prospects and writer and scout for Finn Prospects. He knows his Finland prospects, and, you know, we like our Scandinavian hockey players here in Buffalo. Uh, so you brought Yoki on to talk about the newest Sabre edition. Yoki, how are things in Finland? Yeah, things are, things are fine. Finally getting some sort of summertime here so things are looking <laughs> up <laughs> that's good Joe. We, we don't we're starting to get the warm weather here in buffalo but you know it, it takes a while we're pretty cold here but uh the main reason i brought you on we'll start right away with the main guy the new addition arturo rustelainen uh who played with ives in liga uh smaller forward and we talked a little bit about him but i'm kind of curious if you want to kind of rehash what's your overall thought on the player yeah, uh, I like Rotsalan, and, and I think he's the type of player that it's easy for fans to like him anywhere he plays. So he works hard, plays hard, isn't afraid to get his nose dirty. And even if, even if he is smaller guy, uh, he doesn't really play like a small guy. And and on top of all that, he he's really talented and a really good skater. So that there's a lot to like. So we talked about this a little bit before when, you know, the rumors came up, you know, we were messaging back and forth. You know, he plays center in Finland, but I think we're kind of the same page where really in order to succeed succeed in North America, we kind of, you would think he's a transition to a winger, right? Yeah, that's that's very likely. I just don't see guys his size having much success down the middle. So probably has to has to make that switch and uh, I I don't remember when he's played wing in the past, so there might be a bit of an adjustment for that. Interesting. The one thing I want to ask you about, I don't know if you know 100%, but it's kind of been a talking point here back and forth uh, with his new contract. So he's still under contract in Finland, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, he is. So I guess at this point, it's so how it would work um, for people who don't know is the report is if he doesn't make the Sabres out of camp this season – I guess basically it goes to the ice for them to make the decision. Either he has to come back to Finland or he, or they'll give him permission to go to the AHL. Am I pretty accurate with that? Yeah, so uh, I think the, the pr- first priority is that he would return to Finland. But if he says that, hey, I, I want to stay here and play in the AHL, um, I don't see the Liga team having much of a problem with that. No one really wants to have that kind of reputation that they are blocking players from reaching their dreams. So uh, I think if he himself says that he wants to stay in the AHL, I think it's possible they'll they'll give him that permission. Very good. So staying with that same team, I guess, in Finland, and also staying with the Sabres, uh, you know, one of the reasons I, I got a hold of Bruce Lehner earlier in the season uh, was from watching Askari Laxson, 
He's actually one of my favorite prospects of Sabre system, a third round pick from 2017. Uh, I'm kind of curious if your thoughts on him, he's going to stay in Finland at least one more year, uh, but kind of your overall thoughts on him as a player. Yeah, he, his tools are, are great. So he has that great size, uh, right-handed D, so that's always valuable. He's a excellent skater. Uh, box skills are really good, has a really good shot. Uh, loves to join the rush and play the cycle game and, and his defensive game is a bit of a working progress, but, uh, I saw a lot of improvement throughout the season and he was getting PK time as well, which is a good sign for a young offensive defenseman. So, um, yeah, he needs to add a lot of muscle. He's a really, really skinny guy. So before he can before he can play in the NHL, he needs to add a lot of man strength. And do you see him transitioning to North America after next season? Yeah, I think it's likely. Depends on how his summer training goes and how his season goes. But uh, I think one more year in Finland and then to the AHL would seem like a reasonable bet. Okay, so the last uh, serious prospect I'm going to ask you about was a fifth round pick from last year. And we'll get into some other Finnish players. But Miska Kukinen, uh, fifth-round pick last year, got some time uh, in the league of playoffs this season. But I don't know how much you've familiar with that player, but do you have any opinions on him as a player very early in his career? Yeah, it, uh, kind of an interesting season for him. I watched him early in the season in the Finnish Junior League, and he was a puck rusher, a really, really active offensive guy and seemed to be struggling a bit in the defensive zone. But then when I saw him late in the season with Lukko in the legal level, he, he seemed like a totally different player. He he was a really solid two-way player, was still supporting those rushes, but uh, wasn't taking unnecessary risks, and his gap control and positioning was much better than it was early in the season, so... So I guess that's a that's a really positive sign that he can make such progress throughout the season. Yeah, you know that's assuming I mean, for a fifth round pick. You know, to hear things like that, that's good. So he's another defenseman in Finland, definitely to keep an eye on. So transitioning away from the Sabres a little bit here, I, I want to ask you about one specific player. I had a few like free agents on my list uh, to ask you about, but they all kind of signed, and that kind of took some of the wind out of the sails. They all stayed in the same division, which is kind of weird, but. The one guy I'm still going to ask you about, I've had my eyes on him for a little bit now, uh, reportedly rumored going to the Detroit Red Wings when the road championships is over, but Oliver Koski. I'm kind of curious of your opinion on him, on him as a player. He's kind of a guy who, you know, shot out of nowhere with those incredible production numbers this year in Liga. Yeah, he's he's definitely a late bloomer. Uh, he had a really late growth spurt when he was, I think, 17 it started when usually it starts when guys are like 14, 15. So he was a few years late with that. And then after that, they transitioned him from forward to defense at age 18. So he Mm. hasn't been playing defense more than five, six years now. So I guess those are the reasons he, he hasn't really popped up before. Now he got to play the type of role he, he wants to play. And it really showed he had a huge, huge season, best player in the league this season. And, 
And so, but uh, yeah, sounds like he's going to Detroit. So <laughs> that's, right. that's a shame for you guys. Yeah, yeah. Do you think he could step right into the NHL? Or do you think he might need some AHL time? I think it's possible. Depends on on how. I mean, especially on a team like Detroit, they are rebuilding, so they they are they can take that kind of a gamble, give that right. uh, bottom pair role for a for a guy with no experience there. So, like I said, there's some other Finnish regions that signed, uh, you know, with Toronto, Montreal, uh, and the Rustalanians and then in Koski. So do you think really this is all we're going to kind of see out of the Liga Finnish ranks in terms of free agent signing? Oh, I think there will be more signings, but uh, I think all the top top guys are pretty much okay. gone now. Okay. All right, so transitioning then to the draft in June, there's a couple – uh, Finnish guys that I'm going to ask you about here that have first round potential or maybe even early second round potential. Uh, and the Sabres are not going to get any chance of a look at this guy, but I got to ask you about him because I've watched him a lot recently. Uh, I mean, this guy is shattering league records as an 18 year old that Alexander Barkov set. Just how impressive is Capo Kako? Very. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the best, best players to come out of Finland ever. So definitely very impressive. And, and he's uh, he's as close to an NHL-ready prospect I've seen for a long time, so he can jump right in and be a Calder Trophy candidate. Yeah, I mean that's a that was a, that was a nice pull for the Rangers there to move up from five to two. So luckily yeah. for them, that's a nice piece to go with their rebuild, and I think they have like three hundred first-round picks the next two years, so <laughs> they're they're on their way there. Uh, yeah. The next guy to ask you about is unfortunately I think it's going to be out of the Sabres range. Uh, with San Jose and the Blues advancing to the conference finals. But he's a guy I've, I've kind of, he caught my attention at the World Juniors and I've followed him ever since then. And, and I've, you know, following you on Twitter, I think you're kind of a fan of him too. And that's Billy Hainala. Uh, you know, it looks like he can go anywhere in that range from maybe 15 to early 20s. Uh, but I think we're kind of on the same page where we kind of like him as an overall prospect. Yeah, and I think it, it is possible that he slides a bit. Uh, I've heard that not everyone is so thrilled about him. Right. So I think a late first is a possibility. I personally have him in that 15 range. Yeah, me too. But yeah, uh, had a great season. He he needs to add a lot of man strength as well. So he's immature physically, but plays a very mature game. So... That's that's exactly the way I like draft eligible prospects. So that they they just need to fill out their body and their head is already up there. Yeah, I mean the thing I like about him that's I mean he's a nice I would say a pretty decent two way defenseman. You know I mean he has that offensive upside in his game, but also in his own under the ice. You know he's he's pretty good as well. That's kind of nice for a prospect of that age. Yeah, and uh, it's it's purely because of his hockey smarts. So he can he can make great reads, which which helps him in the in his own zone. Not the not the physical guy or anything like that, but he just makes those great reads. So the last guy on my list I had to ask you about was Miko Kukinen. So I guess I'll kind of wrap into one question. Uh, we talked about Kaka. We talked about uh, Hanola. Is there any other maybe finished one or two finished prospects you think that we should maybe look out late first round, early second, in your opinion? Yeah, actually, I think there are a few. So uh, late first, I think Patrick Puistola would be would be a guy I would target there. 
okay. a winger, winger from the Tafara system. Played most of his season in Mestis, which is the second tier pro league in Finland. Had a had a great season there, just unbelievable season actually. Uh, and he was also Finland's best player at the under 18s. Okay. I think he scored like five goals in five games. So, so that that's a guy I would target. I I think he has legit top six upside as a scoring winger. So. If that's the type of player your team needs, then that would be my suggestion. Okay. All right. Very good. So that is Yoki Nebelainen. And again, uh, junior associate editor at Diver Prospects, writer and scout for Finn Prospects. You can follow him on Twitter. Uh, I'll spell it out, at Yoki, J-O-K-K-E, Nebelainen, N-E-V-A-L-A-I-N-E-N. Yoki, man, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with some Finnish Prospects with us. Uh, some definitely some good insight here. So, um, you know, I enjoy following on Twitter. Keep up the good work, and maybe we'll we'll talk again soon because it seems like Jason Botterill likes his European, Finnish, and Swedish players. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Thanks.